For some, the word saint means anyone who's led a godly life far surpassing the average church person. Others think of the saints in the Bible, St. Paul, St. John, you get the picture. But I think the definition that fits us comes from a little child. A small child who had for some time observed the sun shining through the stained glass windows of the church. There he had seen brilliantly illuminated the colored forms of evangelists, patriarchs, and prophets. When his Sunday school teacher asked him to tell who the saints were, it was altogether logical that he should say these words. Saints are men and women, the light shines through. Saints are men and women, the light shines through. And yes, for us as Christians, that phrase is correct. For saints, you and I who are believers in Christ are saints. A saint is a believer. And as believers in Christ, we are made new through our salvation. And that means that Jesus is the beginning and the end of our lives. Our lives begin in Christ and they end in Christ when we dwell in the heavenly home he has prepared for us. We are saints who have the light of Christ in our lives, and that makes us new. We are new people in Christ as we are part of the body of Christ, the church. We cannot be the saints of Christ apart from the church, for the church is the body of Christ and we are members of it. And as we gather together as the body of Christ, we help each other in our faith life. And it's like the trees in the following story. The huge redwood trees of California amaze mankind. They are the largest living things on earth and the tallest trees in the world. Some of them are 300 feet high and over 2,500 years old. One would think that trees so large must have a tremendous root system that reaches down hundreds of feet into the earth. But not so. The redwoods have a very shallow root system. The redwoods' root system all intertwine. They are locked to each other. And when the storms come, the winds blow and lightning flashes, the redwoods still stand. They are locked to each other. They are not alone, for all the trees support and protect each other. Each tree is important to all the other trees in the grove. And in the church, fellowship with one another and with Christ, it is the same. Without Christ, the church is nothing. Without fellowship, the church is useless. By our love, we must show the world the difference Jesus makes. And in the church, we are intertwined with each other at the very core of our being through the body and blood of Jesus. And that intertwining is what holds the church together and what gives us as saints the courage to live our lives. And now you're probably wondering, Lynn, we're in God in the Music series and you haven't even got into a song yet. Well, it's time. And today you're getting it. One of my favorites from my first love, country music band, Rascal Flats. Let's go, Cole. It's like a storm 
info on this song. According to a press release that was released when the song was released, the song is about strength and love of friendship in times of trouble. And you've got a friend in me for the new millennium. Jason Sellers, who wrote the song for Rascal Flats, explained the spiritual inspiration behind the song, saying, I won't let go is, a spe is special to me because I'm a Christian. 
It felt like to me because we didn't define the character in the song. It could be a friend saying it to a friend. It could, in some sense, be God saying it to someone. It could be you saying it to your husband or wife. So in that sense, the song's exciting to me because it's got an inspirational message. It says something good that lifts people up. I was thinking, if you were quoting what someone was saying in their own words, if they were saying this to someone in the family that's a soldier that's over there fighting, or to your mom, dad, wife, husband, I think everyone wants to have someone say to them, hey, I can't stop it from raining on you, but I will be there to help you get through. And Rascal Flatts' lead singer Gary Laveau shared that the song touched him in a profound way. He said, it was spiritual for me. It was what God was saying to me. You may fall, but I won't let go. And he continued, that's the power of a great song, a universal lyric that means so many different things to so many different people. And isn't that true? In his book, Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says on page 23, and I put the words on the screen so you can follow up. God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the witness of a brother, sister, in the mouth of a man, woman. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him or her. He or she needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. For by himself, he cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother man as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. And according to Bonhoeffer, he, we need each other's faith so ours will remain strong. Or when it does falter, someone will be there to help it get on the right track. And isn't that what the song is talking about? Not only are saints people who the light of Christ shines through, but saints are people who reach out a hand of hope, courage, love, and faith to another saint. But not only do we reach out to another saint, but we reach out to those who've not found the love of Christ in their lives. And as Luther says, we are to be little Christs to one another. We are to extend the hand of Christ to our brother, sister saint, and to those who would become saints. There's a beautiful poem that says it well. What is a saint? A saint is a sign of contradiction, a living symbol of the cross. He or she is a person who believes the unbelievable, bears the unbearable, forgives the unforgivable, loves the unlovable, is perfectly happy not to be perfect, is willing to give up his or her will, becomes weak to be strong, and finds love by giving it away. We who are saints are people who reach one hand up to the Lord so that we may always be in his grace and we reach another out, out towards those who stand next to us in the body of Christ, the church, and to those who are not here but who could be if we reach out a hand to them. Saints are people who the light of Christ shines through so they may be little Christs to others. But what about scripture? 
What does it say about this very thing? I'm sure we've all heard about the promises of God. And the book of Revelation reveals some of these promises to us in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 4. And here we read, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and he and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Indeed, we imagine heaven to be a glorious, peaceful, beautiful place. And this vision from John's revelation gives us an idea of why we imagine heaven in the ways that we do. And doesn't it sound truly amazing? Beautiful like a bride dressed for her groom. No pain, no tears or death. But did you notice the fact that John's revelation doesn't include pearly gates or streets of gold or mansions filled with succulent food? In this final imagery of heaven, something else is emphasized. Something which I find to be far more glorious. A new heaven and a new earth joined together around a holy city. And at the center of this new city sits God, living again among humankind. Now that really sounds like heaven. But for us to really appreciate the vision of heaven that we get in this passage from Revelation, I think we have to contrast it with the world we live in now. We all experience pain or suffering or tragedy at some point. So what are you going through this morning? Is there pain in your heart that's nearly unmanageable? Has someone hurt you deeply? Are you suffering from an illness, a disease? Do you have a daily battle with depression or anxiety? Are you weeping over the state of our nation or the state of the world? Are you hitting a wall right now, feeling like you can't go on, like you'll never make it? But the promise of John's vision is that we can have hope in something far better. And at the center of it all is God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The biblical story began quite logically with the beginning. And now it draws to an end, not quite so logically, also with the beginning. Eugene Peterson says these words. The sin-ruined creation of Genesis that we know and experience is restored in the sacrifice-renewed creation of Revelation. The sin-ruined creation of Genesis that we know and experience is restored in the sacrifice-renewed creation of Revelation. The result in the first creation was the heavens and the earth, and the result in this ending creation is a new heaven and a new earth. Friends, this is a passage of strength and hope for desperate times. 
This is not just some rosy description of heaven that prompts us to comment, oh, that's nice. This is a promise about something far better, far more wonderful than we can ever imagine. This vision is about change and newness and wholeness and life. It's about a promise that can lift us out of whatever devastation we may be experiencing and strengthen us with the knowledge that something new and wonderful lies ahead. But what about today? What about now? Let's take a look at Psalm 63, verses 1 to 8. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is far better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. In the midst of great trouble, the psalmist remembers God's consistent protection in the past, praises him for his anticipated provision now, and renews his own trust in his loving providence for the future. And when we are in a situation where everything we depend on from the outside is snatched away, we have only one place to go, and that is inside. David understood that he could go on without the outward treasure that made his life so comfortable, but he could not make it if his inward treasure that gave him peace of mind was gone. So in the shadow of the sand mounds and the solitude of the isolation in the desert, he sought the face of God. Psalm 63 is a song about what satisfies the soul. It teaches us about the true joy, about the impeccable character of our God and our confidence in him and how faith grows. David, in the wilderness of his life, pens this psalm. And in verse 8, he declares that God is capable of holding us. There's no question. In fact, he declares that God's hand is holding him securely. In the middle of the dry season of his life, he's either on the run from Saul or hiding from his rebellious and treacherous son Absalom. David concludes that God's hand is not short and his arm is not weak. God is holding him securely. The ground around him may give way. The support systems he thought were with him may fall apart. The ones he thought were with him may, not actually, may actually be against him. But God is able to hold him. Friends, that's what today's song promises. That God won't let us go. I have another video for you. It's a shorter one, so I've looped it. It'll play twice. And I want you to imagine it's God speaking to you this time. And this is what God says. <laughs> 